Hey, Scoob, that was fun. Let's grab another skateboard and, like, do it again, huh? <laughs> so much to do, so much to see, 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 so much to do, so much to see. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Any Ogre to It's Ogre. I'm usual host, Will, and joining me as per usual is my good buddy, Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, hey, well, how's it going, buddy? I'm all right. You know, all things considered, I guess. Uh, and also joining us once again is our good buddy, Chris. Hey, Chris. Hello. And we're back for another annual installment of our Backwards episode. If you don't know, this is where we take the movie we watch 12 times a year, and we just watch it backwards using the trickery and magic that Matt has on his editing software. We get a backwards version of the film. We watch it, and then we just try to figure out uh, if it makes any sense, if there's a hidden subplot, if there's like some like clues that we didn't get, and then we kind of go from there. But uh, generally speaking, did anyone have any just kind of like broad general thoughts about this backwards version of 2002 Scooby-Doo? So remember um, a month or two back, we were kind of disputing the um, placement of the piano in the, yes. in the bar? Um, yep. And how and we're, so I found we're actually we were all right because um, when um, what's his face uh, sits down at the piano, yep. um, the camera kind of well it's, if it's in reverse it pans back a little bit and the piano is on a balcony in front of the sign for mm-hmm. the bar, mm-hmm. and then in the later shot which is earlier in the movie when it goes the right way, um, he's up on the balcony looking out and the piano is right behind Velma and. Um, and um, goatee. Yeah. Okay, so you're saying there is a balcony, but the piano is down right by Velma and him. Um, the 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 piano is also up on the balcony. There's a con. Oh, okay. It's a con- So the movie's actually making a mistake here. That's how we're all right. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I think it's what you're saying is because it was a clear reshoot. Mm. There is a continuity error in how they put it together. Gotcha. So I think that's what you're saying, Chris. But. Yeah, that's pretty much. I, that was the that was one thing that really jumped out at me, and I, as soon as I saw it, I remembered that we were talking about that, so I wanted to mention. Well, that. that's no, that's good. I mean, I'm glad you remembered, because uh, I certainly forgot. <laughs> um, <laughs> anything else you wanted to take or wanted to say or mention early on about this backward version or the forward version? Um, technically, if you notice something this time from the backward version, I noted that the um, the closing credit song, like the final, final one, is actually still really catchy. It's the same first, song. Mm-hmm. Not more so. <laughs> Land of yeah. a Million... That's my first note, is the Land of a Million Drum sounds exactly the same backwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there are a few things that, that are like that. Like, um, Scooby's laugh is exactly the same yeah. in reverse. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my... I think you might have mentioned that would be the case, right, Matt? I said it prob- probably would one? be close, at least, yeah. 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 His name is... Um, I have some other notes, but we can follow the general format of things um, to start yeah. out. Okay. Which the title, I um, guess, is Udi Books. <laughs> that is true, yes. Uh, as opposed to what, what are the titles? I know Kirsch. Crack. Or Crash. Crash was Shrek. Um, and then I, I don't know if I can pronounce uh, what the cat in the hat um, was. It was Tak Et Ni Et. Uh, or it was. It um, was Ta-et-ni, yeah. ta et I think is what it was. Mm-hmm. Which I know because I am looking at the poster that I saw <laughs> the wall. <laughs> oh, actually, on that uh, note. Um, oh, on that note, oh, though, yeah. um, when Scooby does his Scooby-Dooby-Doo backwards, uh, that got me every yeah, single I time. Yeah, I agree. The thing that always got me backwards was anytime someone anti-ate. Oh, like, yeah. They just, like. Like, uh, the, the, the one that got me the most was, uh, the like anti, or I guess like when the, the tongue like returned to his tongue at the end, like he has this kind of like look of like orgasmic sensation. <laughs> then like the tongue like extends out again. Yeah. And then like the, like all the ketchup just like back onto his, his tongue. Yeah. I thought that was amazing. Uh, and then also when they, uh, escaped the like kind of hellish nightmare thing and the haunted house and like, he like, what, like consumes all the plastic again yeah that he's yeah. spitting out i thought that was pretty great um but anytime that shrek or shrek anytime scooby-doo was um like yeah scooby-doo was like regurgitating anything it, it always got me this time 
I know the whole the whole hot pepper scene in the epilogue was hilarious. Well, so that actually kind of gets into what I believe the plot of this new movie is. Should okay, we, go ahead. Will do you want me to just jump right yeah, in? Yeah, go ahead. So I, Yeah, no, I mean we should have done that earlier, so I'm glad you got <laughs> it. So my re and you guys can feel free to disagree. So I I'll say from the top, I think Will and I talked about this just a tiny bit before we started recording, but the plot of this one it, it doesn't lend itself to having a straightforward storyline as much as the other three have, because this one has so many more yeah, it's, subplots. It's a regular cloud Atlas. Yeah. It's, it's just, <laughs> it's like kind of hard to follow um, in that regard. Whereas like, for example, a Shrek, it's pretty much a Shrek goes against a princess and comes back. Like we cut and see what Farquaad's up to every now and then, but it doesn't break up yeah, the action well, too much. It's a tragedy of an ogre who loses everything to find contentment. Yes. Uh, and then, of course, the cat in the hat was about a new god who came and corrupted two children. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. He, he turned them into, like, bastardized versions of their former uh, sense of whatever their, like, goodness was. He just corrupted them entirely. So, and, yeah. They're law-abiding. Um, <laughs> and for what it's worth, I think that's probably the closest to this. Um, but then Garfield... Uh, was what was it again, Will? You had a really good one for that, if I remember correctly. Oh, I'm I'm blanking on what it was. I guess go back and listen to what that <laughs> said was. Well, it was something but, with happy. Um, they like they torture this man and ruin his. Yeah, life. so like yeah, like, Garfield. Yeah, like, they like we had Garfield mm-hmm. was the mastermind of it all. I remember was the big. Yeah, like he he was like the super. Yeah, he villain. becomes a villain. <laughs> Who like yeah like tormented this man and like basically turned him insane. Um, yeah, and then I I think he like eventually like plotted uh for Odie's like departure yes. so that he could reclaim John yes uh as like his one and true owner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was it. Um, so this one uh, first of all, I I don't know if we've ever addressed this, but watching these backwards, the credits at the beginning, it's like you know movies used to obviously have opening credits a lot more often, and now we don't get that as much anymore. Um, it builds so much anticipation <laughs> mm-hmm. as you watch the reverse credits scroll up or down, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did think that the first, what well, was originally the ending shot, but now the opening shot was very fitting where we see like this, like columns of smoke yes. <laughs> returning into the eyes of this like exterior house Rushing castle in. thing. As we hear, like, these hellish screams uh, from inside. Well, so, okay, yeah, like, so that brings... So this movie begins with Shaggy and Scooby, or, um, Yaz and Ibusk, um, and they're to... They're, they're doing a ritual. They're, they're using magic and summoning... That, 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 that was at least my read of the scene, is it's these two, like, chaotic w- wizards or witches, I don't know what you want to call them, but they're performing a magical ritual, which brings back um, the, or brings into existence their three friends. Um, is this making sense? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, well, it's kind of when, with the peppers yes. flying around and stuff. I kind of envisioned it as like a reimagining of the scene in um, uh, Attack of the Clones when Anakin is levitating the piece of the fruit. Oh the yes, Padme. yes, similar to that. For I mean, sure. I did. Yeah, I, I did love when uh, Scooby-Doo regurgitated the peppers and then Shaggy, like, took them away from him because <laughs> he was tempted to, like, re-eat them. And he was like, I don't know, you shouldn't. Yeah, that was... <laughs> you shouldn't. That yeah. was my... Like, cause they're doing all these, like, crazy things. Like, they oh, they gotta, gotta drink this thing, gotta pull out your tongue and suck ketchup off of it. Like, you know, it's... it's They're performing a ritual there, was my read. And so then we cut to the docks. Um, where we see uh, Mondavarius, or, or no, we see every we see Scrappy Doo in a helicopter. Basically, so th- so anyway, uh, let me just do my whole overall plot. I don't want to go through scene by scene yet. Um, sure. Uh, so they summon their three friends, and they all work together to open up a spooky island resort. Um, and they're using magic the whole time and causing crazy things to happen. Um, and because they use dark magic they're constantly butting heads with each other um, and getting into arguments so much so that eventually they open the resort and all go their separate ways 
and then um, meet up again two years later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did. Yeah, I like that there was like a mini kind of like <laughs> chapter yeah. two in this. <laughs> um, that was. I think this is the first one of these that we've done that has an actual time skip, and so because it works both ways, yeah, it's kind of fun. I mean. I think that was probably one of the better surprises that the, this now has an epilogue. See, I realized that was coming from the very beginning, but I agree. It's a nice it's a nice epilogue thing. <laughs> and so Definitely. in that epilogue, they all meet up again two years later, and they decide to open up a spooky factory. <laughs> yeah, and then Freddy ends up with Pamela Anderson. <laughs> um, uh I guess I don't really know exactly what happened to Scooby and Shaggy. Like they ended up in the barrel. So I guess they're just like permanently afraid of like the evils that they have conjured. Um, and then I, I guess Velma, Velma just kind of becomes neutral. a lot less confident in herself. Yeah. And then <laughs> Daphne gets taken to the heavens by this horrendous ghost. Well, no, we, we see never that it's the man because they introduce him. Yeah. they like, but he becomes a ghost in this. Well, one. they put the costume on him. Yeah, but then that 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 turns him into this like supernatural entity that takes Daphne away into the heavens and I, I presumably has never seen or heard from again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do remember being quite struck with the, and, and I'm not sure you can, maybe you can help me parse this out how it fits in with the rest of the narrative. There is an extended sequence where um, Shaggy is harvesting the souls yes. of his friends and putting them yes. in the pool. <laughs> I had a and yeah. in, and then having them possessed by by monsters because in in this in this version, um, he sucks the soul out of them with their hand and then a monster leaps into their mouth. Right. Yeah, I uh, I'm not sure where that kind of stands with the overall narrative, the new well, that's, narrative. Well, it's because that to me is they become the evil that they. Yeah, they're them, the, the black magic is corrupting them, and so they're getting into arguments with each other. And I, during that scene, I I even go ahead, Will. Even backwards, Raja Gaznell is not subtle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Reap what yeah, they sow. And, and Sorry, what were you saying? Well, I was just saying, uh, during that scene, it, in reverse, it's very funny, because basically Shaggy puts his friend's souls in the fountain, and, and, and then Velma, from in the fountain, insults him. And he, like, looks around just very offended and, like, almost appalled. And scared, and then and then leaves the cave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, the fart scene was pretty weird. Yeah, I mean the I, fart I, scene this time had my biggest laugh. Really? Which was when, like, in the the four version, when he like stops farting when Daphne comes yes. in, and this one, like, he looks real sad, and then he like bends over, <laughs> smiles, and then just like starts farting. <laughs> You're right. Oh my gosh. And that just, I watched it like three times because it killed me every time. <laughs> um, I think that was the most rewarding part of the backwards watch for me, that that part. I, one thing I noticed about the movie that the backwards version like sort of emphasized for me, I guess, is that this movie is edited in a really weird way um, in that it really cuts between scenes a lot. Um, and I don't know if I just had never noticed that, but like, I mean, if you compare it to, let's say, like, I, I recently rewatched Infinity War, um, that will give you full on like twenty minute sequences before it cuts to what's going on in another part of the story. Whereas this, there's like the scene where they all meet up in the woods and switch bodies. Um, it cuts to and from Scooby in that like three times. Like, all the scenes are broken up so much. Have you guys ever noticed that? Yeah. Yeah, it's because Scooby-Doo is, like, a separate entity from the others because he's a CG creature, so they have to do, like, all of his effects, like, separate yeah. for the most part. Like, so that's why, like, he has, like, a lot of these, like, weird static shots that are, like, just mostly, like, kind of, like, a static background because it's, like, 2002 and they don't really have, like... Like, they can kind of do some interesting stuff in the animation, but they can't well, really... They're limited. To be clear, I'm, I'm not part. talking about, like when they cut to Scooby, I'm talking about like just from a storytelling standpoint. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, it just, uh, the thing that struck me both rewatching the film a lot and then seeing it backwards is that it's a weirdly very kind of episodic film, which I guess makes sense since it's based on a show mm -hmm. where like each mm -hmm. episode was like, I don't know, like 15, 20 minutes. Um, 
but like you notice a lot more i think or at least i did like how much of the movie is just like studio inserts mm-hmm. and like how much is like things that were like kind of added that are kind of extraneous and not really adding to the plot but just kind of there because the studio's like well we have to have a fart scene yeah well, we have to have like kind of like more cartoonish stuff with scooby-doo mm-hmm. like so that's why there's like that kind of like needless scene where scooby-doo has like a premature interaction with the monster, mm-hmm. even though like they, yeah. like it's set up that like we're supposed to be, meet him when we're in the hotel in the middle and stuff like that. So like I think that that definitely stood out to me more uh, than it did even before watching it backwards. Um, yeah, I think that like we talked about it before, but that's, I think part of that is a is a combination of um, studio edits after they realized that they gave James Gunn a little bit too much freedom in writing it, and also probably like in the second movie. I think the second movie exemplifies this better is that James Gunn probably envisioned the writing of the movie to be kind of episodic and then had, and then everything would come together in the final, you know, draft. Sure. Yeah. I think he envisioned separate storylines and then they cut and united them um, mm-hmm. because he's got exclusive, he's got exclusive screenplay credit, but he's shares a screen, uh, um, the story credit with another writer. Yeah. I mean, the thing that stands out to me, the more he watches is that I don't really think this is really James Gunn's film. No. Like I, I feel like giving we've probably been giving him too, like not that he doesn't deserve credit, but it just feels like it's probably like forty at most percent his thing, and then like the rest just studio interference. Like even to the point where uh, on Twitter earlier this month he mentioned that like the whole the, the reason why Goatee Man is so uncharismatic is that he was like also like a late addition mm-hmm. because he originally wrote Velma to be explicitly and openly gay. And then the studio just got like cold feet and just like pushed away more and more from it to the point where they, that she has this like kind of vague love interest in his words um, that is just kind of there to like be like a not gay, basically, uh, and, like in that sense, of, like, hey, she's not gay because there's this guy. And then like in the second movie, it's like, here's a even more apparent boyfriend character to make it that she is not gay. And that's, you know, I guess it pr- makes it even more of a product of its time and disappointing in that respect. But. Uh, I, I think the more we've watched it, the more it's been apparent that this isn't really James Gunn's film. Oh, yeah, definitely. Matt, do you have anything else as far as you read the um, film? Let me see. Look at my notes here. Um, oh, I noticed a couple things about Fred at what is normally the beginning of the movie, but in here is the end. Um, mm-hmm. Whenever he's in the airport and even on the plane... He's wearing a vest, a sweater vest, a white sweater vest over his blue collared shirt and ascot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when he gets to the island, it's gone. It vanishes like magic. Um, so that, there's that. And I also noticed that on the plane, he's reading his own book. Uh, oh, yeah, you didn't know. I, I, I wrote that note before, but I never got around to it. But I thought that was a nice It's touch. a very good joke, yeah. And I like that he's like reading it as though it's like he's reading it for yeah, the first time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's engrossed in it. Um, he's like, huh, that's a good point. <laughs> when at the in the normally the ending here, the beginning, whenever Scooby and Shaggy are running from Scrappy, I never noticed that Scooby runs across a bunch of the extra shoulders. Um like, like oh, yeah. as if a cat running on the side of a fence. Uh, and I thought that was neat and a nice touch. Um, and, uh, I have two more notes. One is that this watching it backwards made me realize how little time passes between, um, Velma and Daphne being in Mondavarius's office, or I guess it's really Velma and Fred in Daphne's body. Um, and then Scooby being in there with him. It's like almost kind of weird how quickly that set comes back. Um, like where mm-hmm. where was Mondavarius whenever this that scene happened? What was he doing? <laughs> yeah, the middle yeah. of the movie. I think something that stood out to me watching this backwards version is that the middle of the movie is pretty random as far as like what happens yes. because like like MJ just disappears for like <laughs> thirty minutes. Yeah. yeah, like like she's not brought up. She's not even mentioned. She's just she's just gone for a while because we have like like I said before like kind of episodic like. Now it's time for our haunted house segment, mm-hmm. and it's like now it's time to introduce some other plot stuff because we forgot to do this before, and so and like, um, yeah, so it's like different things like that stand out to me watching it, but especially watching it backwards weirdly. 
And then uh, my final note on the backwards version is uh, at, at the top of the movie when they're in the big, you know, finale chamber um, and everyone is standing around and Fred starts dancing <laughs> and, and oh that was great yeah i thought that was that worked a whole lot yeah, more he just he starts dancing and then velma like kind of shakes her head no but then she joins him and then the whole room starts in Mwah. excellent that was the that was the <laughs> best part of the backwards version for me i think what got me about it was that um normally in the four version like the camera kind of like like slowly kind of zooms into fred yeah like it starts from like an exterior like long shot <laughs> to like a medium yeah. shot to like a close up. Yeah. But in this one, it's backwards, so it's like a close up, medium shot, and then like this that long like pulls exterior out, shot. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's what really kills me about the dancing. <laughs> just and gradually with the scene shot in that way with it playing backward. That would be normally in a regular, um, a regular direction movie. That would be the ending scene where everybody starts yeah. dancing like, a, like <laughs> yeah, that's in true. Marmaduke or something. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Um, oh yeah, I was gonna say too that like the climax of this movie, I guess like I don't know what, not to, it's not the climax in this version, but the climax traditionally in the forward version as it's presented here is just visual nonsense. Like it, there's no <laughs> they're explaining it, just random stuff just starts happening, and it just like like we just keep cutting to like Daphne having an anti wrestling fight <laughs> for reasons that aren't clear in this version. Yeah. Um, maybe that that segment is the um, it's the true prequel to uh, Chris Nolan's Tenet. There you go. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but um, sh- I did love that uh, the the shot of like the wrestler ascending to heaven, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my roommate was in the room whenever that part came uh, on, and they really enjoyed it. Yeah, that was good. Um, I I do think it's probably worth acknowledging uh, that. My, my read of the like them starting a resort, they're in this big room. Shaggy sends the bearded Mondavarius into a hole. Um, and then they, yes, they... that, that got me. I'm sorry, that got me really good. Um, <laughs> like he's like basically like guides him by the hand yeah. into the hole yeah. and, I like, and then, and then yeah. he walks it and walks away. I, I just love how accepting he is of going back yeah, into like, he's, he's, the... well, no, that's that was my read is it's like part of it. He's like, Yep, this is I'm the ritual sacrifice. I have to go in the hole <laughs> and you guys can open the resort and then they like they have their little dog that they inflate um who then runs amok for a little bit and then he deflates and they put him into a robot. Uh yeah. I don't know. Um was anyone else very uncomfortable during that scene or around that scene where like uh, Scooby slowly le- lays on to uh, Shaggy. You know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, yes, I know exactly what you're talking I, I don't about. Know that was I very strange. It's the part where, um, I guess traditionally in the forward version, uh, Scooby comes running over to Shaggy. And, like, they, like, embrace, and then he's with MJ. And, like, in the, in the forward version, he just, like, kind of, like, pushes uh, um, Scooby off kind of gently. And like he slowly gets up, but in this version, like he, Scooby slowly just like leans almost sexually onto <laughs> Shaggy. Is this at the end like, or the beginning? Like where where are we in the movie here? At the top. This would so. be the traditional ending, but for us, okay. the beginning of okay. this okay. version. Okay, okay, yes. Like Scooby runs toward him and then pounces on him, and then and, you know, then he kind of slides off so that Shaggy can hug MJ. In this one. Scooby gently, or Shaggy gently leans back and Scooby climbs on top of him and puts his paws on his shoulders and starts licking and his face. Yeah, and they just like kind of like look at each other for a little bit and then he starts licking him. It's very uncomfortable. It's, yes, I, 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 that very much jumped out at me when I first saw that. I'll have to go back and look for that because I missed it, but that sounds very funny because I know, I know which part you're talking about now. So, yeah. <clears throat> uh, well, I guess we didn't talk about. This. So, what language would you say this is? I, I thought these were just gibberish. I don't, have we done languages before? Yeah, we've done languages at least the first two. I don't know if we did a technical language for Garfield. It sounded like a mix of like German and Russian to me, but I couldn't really place the language either. I couldn't. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about it. I wasn't either. Well, fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ignore that bit, I guess. Well, no, I mean, it's a good idea, but I just I wasn't thinking about it when I was watching it, so I, I, I'm having trouble remembering. If I were to go back and, yeah. and watch it and think about it, then I would definitely have an answer for Same. you. Um, yeah, and we can we can revisit uh, that next month if you'd like. Uh, oh, nah, you know. it's fine. It's we'll just we'll drop it. No, it's <laughs> everything's uh, fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, Chris, was there anything else you wanted to bring up about this backward version before I got into some of my notes? Um, I liked during the castle sequence where to deactivate the death track trap, Fred and Velma frantically start putting books away. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I liked um. Uh, sh- the, the the reverse metal fart made me laugh pretty hard. Oh yeah, that got me good. Um, yeah. And also this this is another thing that this movie made me realize. I didn't write this down, but the um the little guy who starts the he like turns on the house in the normal movie. Yeah. We never see him again after that. Yeah. No, I thought about that too. Yeah. He just kind of like he's just there in the middle of the movie and for that one set piece, and then we just never see or hear from him again. Yeah. I think he's part of the guard that comes in to look for them, but um, but yeah, after but, that, at least after the spooky island sequence proper, he's he's gone. I think. Yeah. Unless he I shows did, up at the ritual. Um, I don't think he does. I have to look for it. Yeah, I forget. But um, I did think his like exit, formerly intro shot, where we like see him like as the eyes of that little like naked goblin guy. And it just like pans away from him. I thought that shot was haunting. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's a very um, uh, South South Korean cinema verite. That shot. It was it was very uh, very haunting. Yeah. <laughs> um, Scooby's backwards mm was really funny, like in the flashback sequence. <laughs> After he takes it, I guess technically before. Or he takes a sip of Shaggy's drink. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm getting all messed up. Um, trying to think of what else. Yeah, um, the, the, the climax, I guess, of the backwards version is when they sacrifice the old man to become the the ghost. Yeah. Um, by they turn him into a ghost. They, they turn him into the ghost, yeah, and then he flies away. Um I remember, like, you know, Pamela Anderson is totally okay with it. and um, yeah. A very artfully intriguing way of showing murder, I felt. Yes. Well, it, you know, it was a R rating down to a PG, so. Right. But it was creative, I felt. Yeah. Um, that's all I've got. If, if I come up with anything else, um, I will uh, follow after you. But what did you have, Will? Uh, yeah, I mean, I have a couple notes. Um, so I felt the snot scene was even worse. Yes backwards than it was forward which i didn't think was possible uh, absolutely but... i kind of figured that was gonna happen i don't want to be like a smart ass or anything but i was like i feel like this is gonna be worse because you basically there's a build-up to it you see the snot start to appear in the air and then it is pulled into scrappy's nose and then scooby tries to pull some of it back out uh and yeah it was just no thanks yeah <laughs> Um, let's see what else do I got. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to hijack that one. No, you're good. <laughs> um, I was quite quite a fan of Spiky Hair Man being unthrown. Oh yeah, that was fun. Uh, where he just like flies. Pretty much all the action stuff is always great. Like honestly, the whole yeah. chase sequence in the hotel lobby was was fun. Like them, yeah. the monsters flying up through the window. And like and Scooby and the gang flying up into the window. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll admit that I kind of zoned out a little bit for that scene. Yeah. I don't know why, but like, I, I just kind of. Oh like, no, I totally. Wasn't super... I zoned out for chunks of this for sure. Yeah, I, mean, I guess we didn't really talk about that, but uh, Matt and I were talking about this before we recorded. I, I think of the four we've watched backwards, this is probably the worst backwards, just because it was the least interesting, and. Uh, I thought it was just maybe because like it was like the fourth time we'd done it and the novelty kind of wore off, but you had a pretty intriguing theory as to why that was. So I'll let you take it. Now. Sure. Um, it's basically that I, I was starting to say this earlier, how all the other ones are pretty linear in terms of like plotting. Um, Shrek, Shrek becomes a tragedy about, you know, like you said, the ogre losing his, his love and his life. 
uh, Cat in the Hat is an evil entity that comes in. Like it's it's all very linear. Garfield is this mastermind who takes over John's life. This has like we've got, you've got five main characters that each have their own arc, so it's a lot more broken up and makes it come across a lot more chaotic, um, and just kind of less interesting and harder to follow. Because um, like those other ones all became their own stories. This will you described it as the it was basically just watching Scooby Doo backwards. This one this one didn't feel as much like it had its own identity as a reversed movie. Yeah, do you kind of agree, Chris, at all, or do you? Do you disagree? Um, yes, I, I do. Because with Cat in the Hat, I don't know if it's because I'd seen it so many times, but like the 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 ideas for Cat in the Hat reverse and conspiracy theory versions just kind of like um, manifested themselves. Yes, There's, it takes like, on. Oh my new gosh, meaning. I noticed that. Yeah, and this is just like um, I I felt like I was kind of grasping at straws to come up with a cohesive backwards narrative. Agreed. Save for a couple of sequences like Shaggy harvesting the souls of his friends. Yes. Um, and putting you know putting Mondavarius back into his into his hole, yeah. um, stuff like that, and you know, but um, for the the climax where they turn the guy into the ghost, I kind of like I watched it a couple times to see if I could come, see what I could come up with, and that was the best I had. <laughs> um, and I think uh, the remainder of the um, the remainder of the novelty of watching Scooby Doo backwards is seeing the effects and action sequences in reverse. Yep, totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I think it's a mix of factors, but for, I think, different reasons, this one just became the least interesting. And also maybe just because there's so much going on in the world that, like, watching a movie backwards, this isn't quite as fun Small as it potatoes, normally would be. Yeah. But, yeah, but, I mean, it wasn't, like, I, I had some fun with it. Like, I, I don't want to make it sound like this was, like, bad. Oh, yeah, no, means. definitely like, wouldn't it's, call it bad. No, yeah, I'm, I'm, I definitely enjoy it. It's just um, yeah. not to the, not. it's not the... Um, the like creative opus that the other three could have. You know, <laughs> That's a great way added. to describe it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just like because like the first two like um, Trek and Cat in the Hat backwards were enthralling to me. Like I was just like riveted yeah. watching this one. Kept backwards. losing maybe because yeah, I mean Garfield kind of lost me sometimes, True. but like I was saying to you earlier, it's like that movie had more plot mm-hmm. backwards than forwards, <laughs> so it kind of kept it kept getting me back invested again because it's like okay. Like, there's a lot of stuff happening yeah. now. This is getting pretty Whereas dark. Whereas this one's overplotted. Um, yeah, this one is just, like, there's just... It is so many, like, little, like, like it's like vignettes and, like, episodic kind of things where it just kind of feels more detached mm-hmm. watching it backwards and, than it would be otherwise. So, of the four we've watched, this was probably the least engaging for me. But that's not to say it was boring. Like, it's pretty hard for a backwards movie to be boring uh, for many reasons. But, yeah, this one... I guess we should just mention this. Just wasn't quite as gripping as the other ones were. You guys want to rank them? Um, sure. We want to go first since you suggested. It. I guess I I burned that. Uh, I go. We don't. You don't no, have I, to. <laughs> kidding. I go. Cat in the Hat. Shrek. Garfield. This. I think. That was my order as yeah. well. That's. I haven't seen Shrek backwards, but that would probably be my order as well. Yeah. So. So we're all on the same page then. That's good. Yeah. That, that <laughs> yeah. being said, Matt, do you still have the backwards? Yeah, I was Shrek? actually just thinking. I was gonna say, if you want, I can send it to you so that you can. Yeah, I would join the club. Love that. <laughs> yes. The thing I remember the most about backwards Shrek was uh, Shrek running out of the wedding. Which I, think is, <laughs> <it's hilarious. laughs> I like whenever he dirties up his face in the one scene. That oh was... yeah, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's not, let not to get right. sidetracked. Um, couple. I'll just say a couple of my notes real quick. Um. So one one scene I thought did get better was the Coastal Guard scene, just for the randomness. Yeah, of they uh, uh, make these guys evil. Yeah, <laughs> just like well, it's a little more jarring to see like just cut to a random shot of two guys like <laughs> messing, like smiling, that we didn't get introduced to or know who they are. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed he's, that. Like he's laughing, and then all of a sudden he just he stops, and then turns around and makes a phone call. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which just kind of shows, like, I get, like, the point of that scene is just, like, show that, like, they can't, like, they're, they're trapped yeah. on the island, basically. Yeah. But it's, it, the more we watch this movie, the more random that scene becomes I agree. <laughs> well, I think um, it makes, um, it almost makes more sense, because, uh, when they, in the, in the Florida version, when they call the Coast Guard, the guy's like, oh, yeah, I've got a unit in the area, they'll meet you on the, you know, and then it's, like, two days later that the Coast Guard finally shows up. Yeah. Um, whereas in this version... The Coast Guard's here at the beginning, and then they leave, 
and out of context, this Coast Guard is doing nothing except, you know, like maybe they're warning somebody about what's going on in the island. Like, oh, they're coming! Um, or whatever. Um, but that, I think that actually makes more sense in terms of the placement of that scene when it's in the reverse version. Sure. Yeah. Um, I found it kind of bittersweet and heartbreaking, but also funny when Velma was pushed away from speaking to the news crew. At, yeah. At the beginning slash end of this. <laughs> Because it's supposed to be like this uplifting moment where like, she finally gets to speak. She's not like the like person in the background, but then like this time, Shaggy just pushes her away from the. Let's <laughs> see, so like it's his Fred turn. This she Fred's starts swelling up. Yeah. Oh yeah, she starts getting real sad. She was sad. Uh, she was sad because not to be pushed back in the. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then it, forward it, version, but now it completely ruins her confidence. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It 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 traumatizes her. <laughs> And so Velma, um, I guess, in the, it, with that said, Velma really just never gets her nope. time to shine. Yeah. Her I mean, arc is completely sullied in the backwards version. <laughs> it is a very unprogressive turn in this film, in this version of the film. Um, so there's a, we've talked before about the kind of crappy slow-mo shots in this. Yeah. But I always kind of forget about the, like, there's that random, like, slow-mo shot before the wrestler guy goes to attack Daphne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this time around, it was extremely random that like the movie just kind of like was slow mo for a bit. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I that, do. that shot. Yeah. Um, I was just like, what? What in tarnation? <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I noticed that the scene where the girl that's playing volleyball was like, "Gil Red Ball." Oh, I. That, uh, she's my favorite character in this movie. I think. Just because of the line reading. Gil Red Ball. I don't because it's, it's so out of place. Yeah. Like because of her accent, everything about it. <laughs> um, but I noticed ball sounds the way she says ball sounds exactly the same backwards as well as forwards, as well as the way that um, Shaggy says kitty during the former exit now entrance of the plane scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, those are the two I noticed that were the same forward and backward. Um. Let's see, what, what else was there? Uh, oh, I, I quite enjoyed um, Shaggy slowly going back into Scooby's outstretched arms. Yeah. <laughs> during the Haunted Mansion scene, where he just, like, kind of, like, just slowly climbs back up for no apparent reason. Yeah. As well as uh, Scooby jumping and then, like, spitting out a Scooby snack to Daphne. Uh, <laughs> spitting it into yeah. her hand. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was pretty great. Um... Also, I quite enjoyed this time around uh, Scrappy unsliding onto the glass, then unpeeing onto her. <laughs> Sucking the pee back up into him. Yeah, he just sucked the pee up to, to like earn his place in, in the group. Yeah. Yeah, he, he it's actually kind of sweet this time. They accept, they, they pick him up off the street, and then they accept him as one of his own, as they one of their own. They put I mean. him into a robot. Is that still? Yeah. Do you still see that scene as a flashback, or is that a flash forward in this version? No, I see it as a flash forward this time. <laughs> it's it's in the future, like Scrappy after uh you know nearly trying to take their lives is like on the you know on the lamb. on his <laughs> own, and then they just kind of they take him in, and they're like we'll accept you anyway, so it's kind of sweet this time. Oh, there you go. Um, and that's why God only only knows plays at the end of it because it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a happy ending. Uh, I also quite like the, um, you know, when the scene where the guy smashes the glass in the, uh, tutorial video. Yes. Yeah. I like this time he just like, <laughs> like forms a glass in his hand. Yeah. Um, I thought that was pretty great as well as the lady ending the video by shaking her head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and. And I think that's about it. Oh, I also wrote Scooby Doo is a maniac in this one, which I I stand by. Yeah. Yes. An uh, but that's, those are all my notes for this backwards version. Um, just a couple of like just little things that were still that were still funny in reverse, like sure. when um, Shaggy um, shoots back up the chute, like he's being dragged yeah. upwards by magic or something. Oh like, but, yes, and, that killed. He's me. gonna pursue um, <laughs> pursue Scooby, and this one he's like sucked up the. And then appears next to his girlfriend. It was yeah, yeah. yeah that was pretty magical. Oh, uh, and on that, on a similar note, Mary Jane's face becoming 
evil or her like immediately stretching oh, yeah. her face basically just to show scooby like hey check it out i'm a monster <laughs> and then technically it's never addressed yeah so. <laughs> it never gets brought up again it actually endears scooby to her in this version yeah maybe that's why uh she's not in the sequel is because uh, shaggy found out that she was a monster mm. and cut her loose yeah um i feel like i had one more thing uh oh i, oh! Did, I also liked the uh, what was it oh, go ahead you go ahead i was gonna say i quite like the like shot of daphne like roping up into the air yes <laughs> yes uh where it's like all the celebration and she just like slowly just kind of like goes i'm out of here up and, yeah <laughs> uh sorry but what were you gonna say before um so i again i checked the part we talked about last month where the skeleton man vanishes oh yeah i'm surprised we forgot to mention that um which did you guys happen to notice that as well yeah yeah for sure i saw it but i couldn't really figure out what was going on <laughs> yeah basically um <laughs> well in this version it's basically like there's a whole ritual done that with the fire and the holograms appearing and and then that causes the skeleton man to appear <laughs> Okay, I like a lot it. <laughs> of, a lot of rituals in in my read of this version of the movie. The only thing that I that I am still stuck on is um, the the flash forward seems oddly um, optimistic for what we were kind of talking about. Like, you know, if I misunderstood, correct me. But I thought that the the way we're reading it is is very sinister. Um, what Mystery Inc. is doing, and then in the flash forward, which is ostensibly the future, like years down the road. They're all happy and they've accepted Scrappy and everything. Well, uh, maybe whenever they get back together two years later to open up the spooky factory, um, they decide they're into opening up spooky areas once again. As long as oh oh, I've got it, I've got it, I've I've made it less bleak. So things went so foul with them starting Spooky Island because they used this dark magic and it turned them all against one another. And that's why Shaggy and Scooby at, at the end of the movie get a letter that says, hey, in two years, let's meet back up uh, and we'll try this thing again. And so they meet. Or, well, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, like, um, the soul harvest scene is part of, like, they're, they're so, they're all method actors. They're so invested in creating the ultimate spooky experience. Um, and with each time they try something, they learn, like, well, let's dial it back a little bit. Yes. Um, yes. Finally, and in the toy factory, they're not actually, they're not actually turning a guy into a ghost. You're like, all right, time to go to work, and then they yep. press the button on his chest, and he flies you know, away. Flies away. Yes, that's and that's exactly <laughs> what I was gonna say. Is, is when they do it at the factory, they don't use any of their dark magic, and so it goes better, and they enjoy each other, and they decide let's let's continue to open up spooky resorts, but without using dark magic, we'll just do it for fun. Right, and the, they do it all like science because you know they they show up and. And, um, or I'm sorry, they're Tom's like, oh, look, guys, no, the way we're doing it now is with science, not magic. It can all be explained. And Pamela Anderson's like, okay. And then she gets in the mystery machine and, and, and backs out <laughs> of the factory. Perfect. We made it have a happy ending. How about that, Will? All righty. Well, nice job, guys. <laughs> uh, glad we could end on a happy note here. <laughs> um, well, I guess on that somewhat happy note, we have to transition to a sadly mournful one. As uh, we found out uh, just around the time we recorded our last episode that uh, one person in particular who is related to our films has unfortunately passed. And then we found out maybe a couple weeks after that that uh, one person that was very directly related to one of our films is also no longer with us. So uh, I guess the biggest person, would, as far as the podcast is concerned, would be Kelly Preston, mm -hmm. who unfortunately passed away at the age of 57. Uh, you, if anyone listens to this, they would know her best from, uh, uh, playing Joe Walden, the mom from the cat in the hat. Uh, I guess she had breast cancer and they kept that battle pretty private. And then, uh, they announced earlier this year that she is no longer with us. And, uh, I don't know if you guys wanted to say anything about, uh, her performance or just kind of her career, if you had any particular thoughts, but I know for me, I mean, a lot of people are quick to disparage the cat in the hat for a lot of reasons. And some of them I understand some of them I think are a little overblown, but uh, I always thought her performance uh, was one of the more underrated aspects of the film. Like I thought she handled the tonal clashes 
quite well and she brought a lot of life and energy to that performance that I think wasn't apparent in the script whatever the script of the movie was and uh, I, th- I thought she did a very nice job in that film and is a shame to see her go especially under such tragic terms and so young too I think yeah, it was such a sure. such a non-character as she was in the book, The Cat in the Hat. Mm-hmm. Um, she did she took a lot out. She put a lot of, into that performance and took a lot out of what she was given. Um, in terms of the fact that like she made Joan a fully formed character that reacted as that character probably would were she a bigger character in the book. Like it seems true to the vision. I agree. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't think. It's it, but the exception maybe like Jerry Maguire. She wasn't really in that many like acclaimed or well-regarded films, so it's kind of easy to uh, forget about her talents. But I thought she did a really nice job in the film, and I was definitely sad to see her go, especially because of how sudden and unexpected it was. But and like you said, Matt, how like you know short her life was ultimately. So uh, we definitely wanted to send our condolences for that. That was it, it's really strange and sad to know that such uh, a prominent actress in one of our movies is no longer with us but Definitely. she you know, was in uh, Gotti as well wasn't she yeah I, I actually just recently watched Gotti uh not it wasn't really related to her death it just kind of happened but uh yeah that was her last film while she was alive I think she has one more in production that or that was uh in post-production that it's gonna probably come out in the next year or mm-hmm. so but yeah that that was uh, the last release film that she was in and as much as I disparage Gotti and how awful that movie is, I also have to applaud both her and John Travolta for um, for working through it as they did. Yeah, I mean working. they definitely. Yeah, yeah, they 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 tried the, as they could to to get that film uh, to some sort of success, and I guess that that makes it even more tragic. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think we just wanted to, that was a big one that we wanted to uh, express our condolences for because she played such a vital part in uh, our season two film. So. We felt it was appropriate to, uh, you know, express our condolences. But we also wanted to say uh, a few kind words about Kelly Ashbury, who uh, was a director probably best known for co-directing Shrek 2, uh, as well as a few other films that uh, we've actually not really said too many nice things about, uh, including Spirit, Stallion of the, the Shamron, which I guess we should probably note, like, I, I guess that was more of a season one, somewhat season two bit that we kind of made fun of that movie, but... I really don't have that bad of feelings towards it. Like, I, I think it's kind of disappointing because it wasn't really what I thought it was uh, in as a child. But um, even though uh, I don't think his films were particularly great, he also did Smurfs, The Lost Village, uh, Nomeo and Juliet, and Ugly Dolls. Uh, he was apparently a very nice, kind, and collaborative person. And uh, obviously, he played a big part in bringing us uh, what I guess would be considered the only good sequel to Shrek which is not nothing. So yeah. uh, I don't know if you two have anything to say about Kelly Asbury. If not, it's just fine. I just, I echo your points and another tragic yeah. loss. Yeah. He was 60. Wow. That's awful. So um, yeah. So that was another sad death, especially given uh, that he was apparently a very nice guy mm-hmm. and a very uh, sweet collaborator, which makes it all the more tragic as well. Um and then uh, we just found out. Oh, sorry, Chris. Did you have anything to say about Kelly Asbury? If you don't, it's fine. Um, no, no. It's, I think it's. I I think that um, Shrek Two is just a masterpiece. Um, I wonder that's what. High. What? No, I said that's that's high praise. Um, yeah, I mean it's great. It's I think it's it carried on the tradition of the first movie. It was arguably better than the first movie, and it, I think it, it had a even more refined um, mix of adult humor and fairy tale humor, as well as a lot more. Um, uh, interesting inside jokes, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I definitely appreciated how it built the world of Shrek. Like, I think definitely the way that it uh, expanded as a franchise grew was a big credit to the second film, which, uh, like, if you really look back on the first movie, it's such a kind of isolated, insular movie that it's kind of easy to forget about how it connects to the other films outside of the characters. So, yeah, uh, you know, it's a big credit to the second film for expanding the uh universe and establishing the franchise as people would know it yeah later on uh and then we also found out earlier today that regis Philman passed away which uh as matt and i were talking about earlier i think was a death that hit us harder than we anticipated because we just kind of i think we almost took for granted regis's presence in our life um i i wouldn't go too far into him just because i don't think he connects too much 
to the films, but he was in uh, Shrek the Third and Shrek Forever After as Mabel. I don't know if uh, Matt, you haven't seen the fourth one, right? No, I. But you have seen the third. I one. have seen the third one. Who's Mabel? I don't remember that character. Mabel was the bartender character that was uh, Doris's oh, sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. I mean, admittedly, it was a fairly small character, so it's that's like like I said. I mean, it's not uh, one that I I, I don't think uh, I'll spend too much time remarking upon. Not that Regis doesn't deserve it, but rather just because uh, his involvement with the movies we talked about was fairly minor. Mm-hmm. But I do know that. I mean, one thing I will say about Regis that, that I said also on social media was that. He was the type of entertainer that I felt like really worked for it and really fought for having uh, the presence and influence I did in his career. Like you could tell that he put in the work. He was a very persistent person. And even though he was eccentric, you could tell that he had a good work ethic and that he was uh, very professional and very dutiful with his work. And he seemed to be a good collaborator as well. And uh, as opposed to the other two uh, people we've talked about, he did go to live to be 88 years old which is a pretty long and yeah. uh exciting life which i mean does bring some comfort i'd say Definitely. but it's and another wasn't there that, that i was go ahead mm-hmm. no sorry I, I, that was it i was gonna say wasn't that there one there that one time where he full he, excuse me geez wasn't there that one time where he showed up in full shrek regalia for a yes. talk show yeah yeah i was gonna kind of bring that up uh but yeah i i, I think the way i like to remember him is uh, randomly coming on to the Late Show with David Letterman, <laughs> dressed entirely as Shrek, <laughs> full um, Shrek makeup, and having a sort of disdain that he played off, I think, really well with uh, David Letterman's sort of ironic, uh, uh, idiosyncratic sense of humor. Uh, if you have a chance, I think that clip uh, is a great way to kind of brighten your day. So, um, yeah, I mean, with that, we just kind of wanted to send our condolences for those three people who, uh, in ways, either small or big influence and helped make the movies that we've talked about or or the franchises at least that we've talked about uh on the show and i think it was a a worthwhile chance to celebrate them and and their careers uh and uh, i'm glad we had that chance to do it certainly absolutely so yeah a bit of a sad way to uh end this episode i hope we don't have to do too many in memoriams uh in the future episodes but you know, especially with Kelly Preston passing away, uh, we felt it was worthwhile to say a few kind words about her her performance and her career. So yeah, uh, yeah, that's all I had. Um, and I guess with that, we can mournfully wrap up <laughs> <laughs> this latest uh, episode of our comedy show. Yep. All right. Uh, yeah. So. I'm Will. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. And remember, kids. It ain't ogre. Till it's ogre. All right. So goodbye, everybody. Well, the years start coming and they don't stop 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 coming and they don't stop